Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Endzone Militia Podcast. I am your head chairman, the snowman, the stats guy, and just remember that stats are cool. And I am also joined by my co-chairman, Captain Cademan. I think that bells are pretty cool, too. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know what else is really cool is, man, we are just moving right along through this winter season. Uh, you know, our basketball season has really been progressing, uh, you know, a lot like we thought it would. I think we've had some surprise teams. I think we've had some teams that we thought would be really, really good. Yep, got some teams that had a lot of injuries that kind of affected their season so far, carrying over from football. But they're getting healthy, Phil. It's the important thing. Yeah, and, you know, I think, again, you know, when you look at some of these teams, when you're talking about maybe some teams that we thought were going to be surprising, uh, maybe some th- teams that we thought were going to be really good and then, you know, ended up being just that really good. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think when we started the year, we had some question marks of maybe, maybe about how Fairview was going to be. I think they've kind of answered the bell. Uh, we thought not sure how Ayersville was going to re- respond with getting back to full strength I think they've answered the bell with that maybe some teams that are surprising some people not any of our teams that we covered but Montpelier in the BBC at 10 and 2 mm-hmm. they've played some pretty solid basketball uh Ottoville in the PCL is 12 and 3 Miller City Columbus Grove all with over 10 wins mm-hmm. and then I think you mentioned at Fort Laramie a very solid team as well uh OG at 14 and 1 no shock there I think uh again all these are for girls right now but you know I think the team um, I think the team that I think is most surprising, who I thought they were going to be really, really good, but had some question marks with how their bench was going to play. Maybe strength of schedule was going to come into play as well. But the Patrick Henry Lady Patriots are out to a 10-4 and start and 2-0 and in the NWAL. And they've been playing some really good basketball. Dodged the injury bug a little bit. You yeah. know, the, the OG game there had the uh, collision with the two uh, ladies that were just, you know, unfortunate, unfortunate timing. Nothing egregious there. Yep. Just unfortunate wrong spot at the wrong time. And fortunately, she was able to to get a mask and be able to play. And, and that's proved dividends for them, as we've said, out to a 10-4 uh, and four start, 2-0 and o in the league, along with Liberty Center and Bryan, the only two 2-0 teams in the league, or three 2-0 teams in the league. So I think they've really had a nice year so far starting out and are really surprising some people with maybe how quickly they put together mm-hmm. uh, how good they are, if you will, and they're playing really well right now. Yeah, for how young Patrick Henry is, they are very, very talented. Karis Crossland and Ada Christman are one of the best probably in NWAL, just for as young as they are. Extremely talented team and have 10 wins early in the board starting your second part of the year, Phil. That's really, really big for a tournament resume and then your record overall. Yeah, they do have six seniors. Uh, you know, Kaya Seaman is a senior. She's really – Kaya Seaman, excuse me, she's a really good player. Carson Weber is a really capable three-point shooter. Grace Haas, another senior. Addie Schwab and then Kenzie Priggy. You know, Kenzie Priggy gives them a nice lift off the bench. But, you know, as you said, Ada Chrisman, the six-foot mm-hmm. sophomore, she's kind of been the catalyst to go with the other 5'7 sophomore, Karis Crossland. And then don't forget about the uh, 5'7 uh, junior point guard and Casey Nelson, who's had a really yep. nice year for them as well. So Good point, Phil. They do have some – you know, they do have a bench – uh, they just don't have a lot of girls on that bench with varsity experience mm-hmm. outside of, you know, some of those younger girls that start. But they really have had some really good uh, pieces for them kind of step up. I think uh, 
Carson Weber is another one of those girls. Even as a senior, she stepped up and played a really key role for them. You look at Ada Chrisman, she's had a really nice year, of course. And then I think Addie Schwab, not really scoring a lot of points, but she's been there on defense. She's been there rebounding the basketball. And you need those things when sometimes mm-hmm. points don't happen. And, you know, Patrick Henry has struggled to score in some games, but yeah. they've played some good some good brand of basketball. And I think there's surprises to people on the girls' side of things. Yeah, and Phil, I think we got to give some credit to the coaching staff over there at Patrick Henry. Justin Sonnenberg has done a really nice job from where they were two years ago, only having four wins. So they're making really big steps there. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you get Heidi Christman, Jeremy Crossland, Nick Nussbaum, uh, a, a good staff over there that they've really put in a lot of time with those girls. I know they've had a nice, uh, successful junior high program as well as I think we're going to have a caller for you guys here. And it should be uh, joining us here now on the Enzo Militia should be uh, head varsity wrestling coach for the Napoleon Wildcats. And it is head coach Jason Seiler. Coach, do we have you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Uh, thank you for taking some time with us. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you uh, coming on and really uh, enlightening some of our listeners about the wrestling world. Uh, obviously, I think wrestling goes a little bit under the radar. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. But just uh, talk with us about our listeners, maybe about who you are, how long you've uh, been coaching there in Napoleon, and just maybe some of the things that have gone on in your years there. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Napoleon, Ohio here. I went to actually St. Paul Lutheran School, and then I went to Napoleon High School. Um, after graduating from Bowling Green, I got a teaching job right out of college in sixth grade, um, which is what I currently still teach. Um, my first year, I, I didn't coach wrestling, but I did coach football in junior high track. And then my second year, I took over the junior high program. I, I coached that for three years, and then I moved up to the high school as the head coach, and this is my 21st year as the head coach at the high school. Wow. Wow, so definitely definitely put in the, put in a lot of time and uh, great stuff there. Uh, coach, let's uh, let's dive right in and, and talk about your Napoleon Wildcat res, uh, wrestling squad. Uh, obviously, I think you guys have had a pretty good season. You're kind of senior dominant as far as your um, – leadership goes uh you have a lot of guys that have really put in some time there at the top especially uh roman cordoba henry eggers uh you talk about guys like devin hall and isaac layman all guys that have really put in some time not to mention peyton saputo so maybe talk about how your seniors have really led the way for you guys this year and maybe some steps forward that you've taken from last season to this season yeah we've had a really great year and we kind of expected to have a great year Um, The downfall of this year is, you know, we haven't been healthy one tournament this year. Um, And, you know, we kind of had the injury bug this year and we're actually not going to be healthy the entire year. Um, We lost Devin Hall, a senior to an ACL injury and Austin Hopkins, a senior to a shoulder injury. Um, Two guys that I thought were going to be a big part of our lineup this year that we're just not going to have the rest of the year, which really hurts us. But you know, like I said, since the opening tournament this year, we haven't put our full team out there. So we kind of been plugging some young younger guys in this year that I didn't expect that would be wrestling varsity um, and guys that have done a great job for us. Um, but those other seniors that you've talked about, um, you know, we've just had a great year with them leading us. Um, we've been competitive in every tournament. Probably the best thing that we've done was, you know, our third place finish at the pit, which we just missed out on second place. That senior class, you know, they had some kids that, you know, they've been talented since their freshman year, 
but you know some of those kids really put in some time in the off season that took their wrestling to the next level yeah and, and you know i i, I want to mention too and let you kind of shed some light maybe on you talk about some of those younger kids that have really stepped up for you maybe mention a couple of those kids obviously don't want a single uh, too many kids out, but maybe mention some of the kids who have stepped up and wrestled some key minutes on the mat for you guys, and maybe even some guys that really haven't had some time in the matches, but have really stepped up your guys' game at practice, because you know it takes a competitive practice uh, to be in competitive in matches. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, like I said, coming in, I didn't even know if we would have a freshman in the starting lineup, and, you know, Owen Beard, and uh, Hayden Grohl, they wrestle 138, 144 for us. Both of those two guys are having excellent seasons as freshmen. Uh, I'm really proud of the job that those two guys are doing. Um, we also have a couple sophomores that have really stepped up this year. Our 106-pounder, Cole Saragin, and our 165-pounder, Cohen Weekers. Those guys uh, didn't see much or any varsity time last year, very little if they did. And um, Cole got in at the end of the year and was able to qualify for districts. But um, two sophomores there that have really made some growth for us. And then we've had uh, Ignacio Corona, the guy that's just kind of filling in weight classes for us, kind of wherever we need him because we had those injuries that we've talked about. Um, just a super hard worker in the room. And, you know, those kids, those younger kids have stepped up this year when I didn't think we were going to need them much and come to find out we've really needed them a lot. Yeah, I love that. That's great stuff, Coach. Uh, sometimes you're just never going to know when somebody you need is going to step in, and uh, it's great for you to be able to shed some light on that. It's great stuff. Uh, um, let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the things uh, that you've liked this season compared to some of the things you haven't that maybe are a little bit outside of the ordinary, obviously, uh, that you like that you're competing, that you like that you're finishing well in, in a lot of these tournaments. You had mentioned to us that you said you finished third at the pit. I've seen you finish first in a couple other duels. You have a fifth-place finish. So maybe outside of the competing edge of those, maybe what are some of the things that you have liked thus far this year and maybe some of the things that you think could use just a little bit of a quirky yeah i you know i really challenged the senior class coming into this year um you know as good as they are we've only had one of them get down to the state tournament and that was alex gonzalez who made it as a sophomore and uh was a state placer last year but you know a few other others of those have been district placers but haven't made that jump to the state tournament you know i really challenged them to get outside of their box and do something different this year um, that they haven't done in years past. May that be on match day or in the practice room. Um, could be their diet as well, conditioning. Just something to get them over the hump that they haven't done the first three years. And, you know, I think they've done a good job this year, but, you know, we still have a month or so to make some growth. I, I feel like we need to compete a little bit better, better when we're wrestling the top-level kids. Um, as a team, obviously, we're really good, but when it comes down to it at the district tournament, um, it's all about the individual, and they're going to have to find a way to win close matches. And I think this year um, we've lost some close matches that, you know, I thought we were the better wrestler, and we got to get over that hump a little bit, as good as what we are. And um, our kids got to find a way to do that. They got to find a way to battle and compete in those tough, close matches because that, that's, that's what gets you down to the state tournament, and, you know, that's what allows you to place once you get down there. Yeah, I Great stuff again there, Coach. Uh, 
uh, you know, just talk about maybe some of the area teams uh, that you've wrestled. Obviously, you've seen a lot of quality teams over the wrestling tournaments that you've played in. I think, uh, you, you know, the Perrysburg run has 48 teams. A couple of these other teams have uh, 30 teams, 10 teams. So, obviously, you've seen a lot of quality wrestling programs. Maybe talk about outside of your own program that's obviously been very good this year. Maybe some of the other programs that you've been wrestling or have seen wrestle that have kind of caught your eye a little bit or maybe impressed you or, you know, along the lines of that. Yeah, so, I mean, not a lot of D2 wrestling in Northwest Ohio and actually not a D, a lot of D1 wrestling either, um, a lot of D3. Um, the D3 programs in Northwest Ohio are really good. Um, so, you know, year in, year out, you have Liberty Center and Archibald and, um, I'm trying to think some other good teams for off the top of my head, but, uh, Delta obviously, and you know, the D3 is really strong. And then, you know, Wasion right down the road, um, is a good team. Um, they're the other division two team that's really close and, you know, year in, year out, they have a solid program. And then obviously we're in a league with Perrysburg, which is division one. So, you know, to, you know, before this year, before they split our league into two divisions, you know, to win a team title was really tough. You had to knock off Perrysburg. Um, and then to uh, win an individual title, you know, you have to beat, you know, one of their guys, um, usually along with all the other league guys as well. So, you know, that, that the league, you know, with the changes and along with Perrysburg and the team that we brought in is really going to get our kids ready for the postseason you know, right before sectionals, but uh, a lot of good wrestling in Northwest Ohio. And, you know, we, you know, we went to defiance border wars and there's 55 teams there and we got first there, but that was a good mix of local and, you know, teams that travel a little bit. So, you know, we have a good mix of everything on our schedule, but uh, you know, there's good wrestling in Northwest Ohio and you don't have to reach out too far to get those other teams to, you know, to, to be able to wrestle. Yeah, awesome, Coach. Uh, let, let I just want to give you a finish out and let you give you a couple minutes here to talk about uh, maybe your lady wrestlers who have a combined record of thirty and seven, uh, who are obviously doing some nice things on the mat, and then maybe touch a little bit about what your youth programs are doing. Uh, maybe at the middle school level, youth. Uh, however, you guys do your stuff over there. I'm not sure exactly how you guys organize your youth, but uh, just talk about that with us for a little bit, and then maybe you know finish with a little bit of some of your staff who doesn't get enough uh, who doesn't get enough credit, doesn't get enough love, who puts in a lot of time for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our two girl wrestlers uh, both qualified for state two years ago. Awesome. uh, But came up a little short last year, um, which girls wrestling is growing super fast and it's getting better and better each year. And if you're not getting better as a girl wrestler, you're getting left in the dust because um, it's getting super competitive. Um, But we got two good ones and they've put together a really good year. And obviously our goal for both Alyssa Johnson and Ebony Shank um, is to get them, you know, down to the state tournament and hopefully to place. Um, So they've both done a nice job this year and hopefully that they can keep it rolling. Um, Our youth program, you know, when I was a young coach first taking over, I I thought I could do it all. Um, Hugh Shank has been a part of our program a long time and I kind of took it over from him. And it kind of became a bit much for me. And I actually felt myself burning out uh, myself because I was going from high school practice to doing bitty practice. And it just became too much. And Chris Helberg has actually taken over the program and has done a really nice job. I think we started with over 50 kids uh, in our program this year. So um, does a really nice job getting kids out, getting to the tournaments. 
and you're just really thankful for the job that he's done. Um, at our junior high, we lost, you know, two coaches that I thought were a big part of the reason that we were so successful at the high, high school, and that was Matt Bressler and Carl Yunker. And actually, Carl Yunker was my high school coach. And those two guys did a great job of getting kids out at the junior high, and which translated to us having great numbers at the high school. So we lost both of those guys this year. And we have two new guys that I think are doing a good job. Sheldon Struble, who is a state runner up for Brian. And then uh, someone that wrestled for me, Wes Jeffries Babcock. So a little bit of learning curve for those guys. First time coaching junior high. And it takes a little bit of what you should teach and not teach. But I think they're figuring <laughs> out, you know, doing a nice job with those kids. Um, my high school staff, uh, super dedicated group. Um, all of them wrestled for me except one. So um, that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, kids that wrestled for me that want to come back and help and kids that were their hardest, were our hardest workers when they're in high school. So that really says a lot. Um, so I have Josh Lynch, Caleb Hernandez, Seth Beard, Devin Meyer, and Caleb Hernandez, and then Austin Ripke, who's from Archibald. Um, all those guys help out. Um, we are normally split three places on weekends. We have varsity tournament, JV, and we also have a full girls tournament schedule. So it takes a lot of us. So um, just, you know, it, it takes a lot more than just me uh, to make a good program. And that starts from the bitty wrestlers to the junior high, to the high school, to the assistants. There's a lot of people involved and a lot of people that have put a lot of time into these kids. Hey, that's why we want to make sure that you get enough time to uh, shed the light on it. I know it, <clears throat> it brings a whole new expression to it takes a village. Real quick with us, um, let us know what is going on for you guys over the next couple weeks. What's your schedule look like? So we have a in-school duel this week against Liberty Center that I'm really excited about. Oh, cool. Um, the student body is able to come. Yeah, awesome. and actually Liberty Center is busing over their kids as well. Wow. So I think that's going to be a super exciting atmosphere. I'm really excited about that. Um, we have a dual tournament this weekend. We wrestle Delta next week, but the big thing for us is next weekend we have state duels. Um, we have a tough draw. We wrestle Sandusky Perkins, and if we win that, we wrestle Columbus to Sales. Um, two teams that I think we're good enough to beat, but I also think they're good enough to beat us. So I'm really excited about that. I'm, I'm excited to see if the kids are willing to respond to the competition. Uh, Perkins and DeSales are two, obviously – really good programs but we're a really good team as well so i think it's going to come down to that day and how bad our kids want it in order to qualify for state awesome coach love it thank you so much for taking some time with us tonight and talking about your program we really really appreciate it and uh, good luck over the next couple of weeks and the rest of the way out thanks coach awesome thanks for having me so once again that was <clears throat> head coach jason seiler of the napoleon wildcat wrestling program and i promised you guys that we would get wrestling on bam there it is and we delivered uh we did deliver right I, <laughs> so that would tell me there's a lot other there's a lot of other wrestling stuff going on this weekend as well kate uh, obviously mm -hmm. state duels going on next weekend uh that's kind of the start of where you want to go to where you want to start to lead for these state tournaments and you know i've always said wrestling has got to be one of the hardest sports because at the end of the day it's one of the only sports that you just you just kind of have you out there on the mat. I know you got your teammates cheering you on and in yep. practice, and those are obviously crucial things. But it's just you out there on the mat, and it's 
It's 1v1 mano imano. Yeah, one of the guys I used to work out with, he was a wrestling coach at Tenor, and he told me, he knew I was a basketball player. He was like, it's more, wrestling is more intense than any basketball game you will ever play in your life. And I believe him because I've seen the off-season work that they do, and trust me, wearing like two layers of clothes, a garbage bag around them just to be able to lose weight, and they really put the work in. So I'm really glad we did that, Phil. Yeah, and I like that he was able to shed light on the coaches. You know, we, we've always made that a very big point here mm. at the End Zone Militia, Cade. You know, we really like to give uh, those uh, those coaches and, you know, even players that want to mention, you know, other kids or whatever. And, you know, we really appreciate getting those, getting that time and getting those conversations and hearing what they have to say, because I mean, it's just, it's just not possible without the guys behind you, beside mm-hmm. you. And, you know, we really appreciate the light that gets shed on those guys real quick for you. I just want to talk about uh, a couple of these kids from Napoleon Harrison Bowles at the 113. He has 150 career wins. Alex Gonzalez at the 120 is approaching 150 career wins. Roman Cordoba is approaching 150 career wins. Peyton Saputo is 98 career wins. And Henry Eggers is approaching 150 wins, and he has over 100 pins. And Isaac Lehman is, has over 100 wins. So that's what he was talking about, experience. They have a lot of experience, uh, a lot of good wrestlers. And, again, those lady wrestlers – uh, Alyssa Johnson, 18 and four, and Ebony Shank at 12 and three. Alyssa Johnson wrestles at the 130, and Ebony wrestles at the 125. And uh, you put together a 30, uh, a 30 and seven combined record there, Kate. Obviously, some good things for those ladies. And you know what? I love that he talked about the mm-hmm. girls wrestling because he is so right. It is rapidly growing. I know my cousin wrestles for North Central College wrestling, and they do a re- they wrestle some big big division schools and and beat up on them. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big uh, wrestling, girls wrestling is really, really rapidly growing. Yeah, I just love we're giving them opportunities to get out there and try something new and just expand upon the sports that schools have. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me, obviously I don't like to compare the two because they're different, but it reminds yeah. me a little bit of 8-Man. You know, you're getting you're getting a, a foundation mm-hmm. started for 8-Man. It grows, it grows. You know, we, we, we had Joel Miller on, and that was just awesome. He, you know, shed a, a ton of light on 8-Man football details, stuff that you just – you wouldn't find anywhere else but here, Cade. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I like how they're getting a foundation going. And then since they had that foundation, it's just it's just rapidly growing, and you love to see that. Again, if you can't get numbers in something else, get numbers in mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. And it seems like that's becoming a thing. All right. Um, let's go a little bit back here to girls basketball. Cade, I want to let you have the floor here a little bit and talk about maybe some of the teams – or players or anything like that that's kind of caught your eye a little bit. I mean, I know we've been to some Tenora games, uh, very capable three-point shooter over there. Uh, Nova Oakley, she's mm-hmm. had a really nice year for that team. Uh, she's uh, shooting a pretty solid percentage, I believe, even uh, from the three-point line uh, as she's been pretty much on fire all year. She is shooting 37.7%, which at the high school level, pretty solid percentage mm-hmm. there. You want to be right around 40, I would say, is a pretty good average. Uh, for a three-point percentage in the high school level. So, obviously having a good season, but, you know, maybe some of the players that are catching your eye that you've been impressed with or teams that you've been impressed with thus far. You know, i got a couple here, Phil. I mean, Ayersville, as we talked about, being very expected to be very good. Taylor Craft has just made such an impact. Yeah, she has. I mean, it was big to get her back this year. It really was because, I mean, she doesn't do a lot of scoring for you, but 
when you talk about what she can do for you, getting rebounds, blocking shots on the defense end of the floor, she can score two to four points, and if I was a coach, I'd be happy with it, as long as I'm getting rebounds and block shots. Well, I think you get those pullback opportunities, yep. which are morale buckets, which I think she also gives them a, a leap up in. Yeah, she does too, and then kind of allowed Ali Schindler to be able to go out in the perimeter a little bit more, which she kind of likes to do a little bit more, but she's very capable of finishing down low. And then Wayne Trace player, Alexi Moore, she's been really good this year too. She's just very good at getting position underneath the basket and then using her length to be able to get some shots up over some girls and – what she does defensively is very good, too. Yeah, she's averaging 12 rebounds a game right yep. now is Lexi. So mm-hmm. she's having a really nice season for Wayne Trey. So I love that you mentioned that. That's a great call, Kate. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, Brian's what we expect they would be. LC would expect it to be. So far, I mean, I'm not really too surprised with what I'm seeing here. I mean, the PCL, Ottawa girls. Ottawa girls are always really good. They just lost a close game to Ottawa Glandorf a couple nights ago. So... They're as good as advertised, too. I mean, I like Carson Erford, too. We knew her being a freshman last year. She was going to take that jump as a sophomore. So, a lot of talent in girls' basketball, Phil. You know, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I think a lot of people are really outlooking the fact that OG still has a pretty, <clears throat> excuse me, a pretty young class for, for who they are for their girls' squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about some of the girls that they have. You're talking about Carson Erford, who's a 5'7 sophomore, Carly yeah. Brinkman, a junior, Megan Horseman, a junior, um, Savannah Wrecker, a, a sophomore, uh, Caitlin Commit, a junior, Katie Kaufman, the only senior on the roster. I mean, mm-hmm. she's had a really, really nice season for them. She's a six-one uh, post player who can extend you out and hit the three ball, and she can rebound. I mean, she's a really nice player. But you know, when you're talking in the grand scheme of things for this OG basketball team on the girls' side of thing, they have so much talent, but they're they're so young and they've been in so many big games this mm-hmm. far, Kate. It just seems like they're so seasoned already uh, for how young that they really are. And I'll tell you what, I would take Savannah Wrecker on my team any day of the <laughs> yeah, week with, sure. how, with how she defends. Mm-hmm. It's very Aaron Kraft-like. Mm-hmm. And credit to the coaching staff. They got a little late start because of the soccer season, just to be able to mold them together and get them to play defense and get them to play offense too. Yeah, you know, and I think another team that's kind of surprised me a little bit is Evergreen. You know, they're at 8-6, and six, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not – not as what maybe oh well, the record set what you know what they've played some good basketball they did have a, a a tough loss the other night against Edgerton I wish they I think that they would have like to have that back uh, I think that's a team that they could beat uh, but you know that's why they play the game on the hardwood and not on paper so a good win for Edgerton uh, and Edgerton right now is sitting uh, let's see Edgerton right now is sitting at four nine so that was a big win mm-hmm. uh, for Edgerton who was able to upset uh, Evergreen. And then you know I want to I want to look at a you know Lima Bath out of the WBL at nine and three. Yeah, they they have played some really nice basketball. They're a team that last year I think Brian they had Brian on the ropes twice last year. Once in the regular season, once in the uh, in the tournament game. Yep. And you know that's a team that was able to compete with Brian for three quarters. Obviously Brian was able to pull it away. You know, like you said, Brian is what Brian is, and uh-huh. and they were able to pull away and really win that game and win those games effectively. But Lima Bath is a team that if you find a way to play, I believe D two in that tournament, um, if you find a way to match up with them, they're going to be a tough, tough out. Uh, you know, it, 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 they could give you some fits. Yeah, Lima Bath had a decent amount of girls coming back from last year's team in a ter- from the tournament, so I figured they were going to be pretty good in, in WBL. I think they're second in the standings right now, if I'm correct, right behind OG. I think Wasion's kind of been a surprise for me, too. I didn't know how they were going to be with a new coach, but 
they're sitting around 500, so seven and six, seven and six. So they're playing some pretty good basketball. They have two very, very young, talented girls. Just going to take some time to build a foundation with getting a new coach and a new system in there. You know, and I and I, I agree with that. I think this uh, the Sophia Rupp girl is one of the la- one of the ladies that you're talking about. She's had a pretty nice season for Wasion. And I think another thing that we should mention is, okay, they lost our Player of the Year last year. They did. I mean, we have to. We really have to put that. I mean, that's a double double a game type player in Haley mm-hmm. and Haley Meyer and and uh, Wasion is missing her and still, like you said, hovering right around 500 and really capability every night to play a good brand of basketball to be able to upset any team. So. I, I think that's a really good point. I think you got to give Wasion some credit. I think it's tough to go in as a new coach mm-hmm. and coach girls basketball, and they've done a really nice job so they, far. They have, for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, statistics here, some of the standings that we'll go over. These are as, as of January 20th. Uh, Kelly Kreitz leading the way scoring uh, at 19.1 a game. Awin McMichael for Antwerp at 16.4. Emmy Gray from Liberty Center at 16.3. Allie Schindler at 13.8 from Antwerp. Caroline Roars with 13.2 from Antwerp. Hmm. Did I say Allie Schindler? I'm from Ayersville, excuse me. 13 points a game. Yeah, from Ayersville, I think I said Antwerp. Uh, Kaylee Thiel from Bryan at 12.5. And Karis Crossan from Patrick Henry at 12.1. Nova Oakley with 11.2 for Tenora. Uh, Taylor Craft, uh, just a rebounding guru. Uh, 12.3 a game. Lexi Moore at 12 a game. Uh, Kelly Kreitz at 7.6. Ada Chrisman at 7.2. Uh, Kelly Kreitz also leads the area in steals, 4.1. Ella Voigt from Bryan at 3.4. Emmy Gray and Nicole Keller from Liberty Center both over three steals a game. Field goal percentage, Allie Schindler. 58.9%. Anna Gray at 57%. Caleb Mavis from Fairview at 60. Uh, Sophia Rupp, 47% from the three point line. Ma- uh, Mara Smith from Bryan, 43.5% from the three point line. Leading the way, free throw percentage wise, Aubrey Hammer from Fairview at 82.2. And Elena, Elena Perez from Archibald at 81.8. And Ella Voigt from Bryan at 80. Point nine, Kaya Seaman from uh, from Patrick Henry, at, with eighty percent, and Beatrice Barrett from Liberty Center with seventy six point nine percent. OG leading the WBL five and zero at fourteen one overall. Uh, Bath right behind them at four and one nine and three overall. Shawnee at four Shawnee at four and one six and seven overall. Uh, Wapakoneta, St. Mary's, Kenton, Van Wert, Salina, Elida, Defiance rounding out the area there. Defiance, I think, actually just picked up their first win on Saturday. If I, Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that was boys. Um, GMC standings, Ayersville at 3-0 at 12-0 overall. Fairview at 3-0 at 9-5 overall. Tenora at 2-1 at 8-5 overall. Antwerp at 2-1, 8-6 overall. Wayne Trace at 1-2, 9-5 overall. Paulding at one and two, six and six overall, and then Edgerton and Hicksville both at zero and three. Edgerton sitting at four and nine as Hicksville sits at two and eleven overall. In the NWOAL, Bryan at two and zero in the league at twelve and one overall. Liberty Center at two and zero at eleven one overall. Patrick Henry at two and zero at ten and four overall. Swan at one and one at seven five overall. 
Wasion at one and one at seven and six overall, and Delta at one and two at seven and seven overall, and Archibald and Evergreen both at well, Archibald at zero and two, Evergreen at zero and three. Archibald sitting at seven and eight, while Evergreen sits at eight and six overall. Napoleon uh, at two and three overall in the league, and six and nine overall. So uh, they just got beat by Fremont Ross, who's eleven and three last week. So Fremont, yeah. they gave Fremont Ross a good game. Fremont Ross was just able to pull away. So uh, let's look a little bit about these districts: uh, Division Three in the Anthony Wayne District for tournament, uh, Liberty Center, Evergreen, Fairview, Archibald, Swanton, Delta. Um, you know, just an interesting division there interesting mm-hmm. district there Very. you know evergreen fairview uh, a couple of decent teams there swan they played some decent basketball as well i don't I, that anthony wayne district could be tough depending on who ends up on the other side as well to come out of that let's look at the Bryan district it'll be napoleon and wasion that'll be in division two hmm. uh interesting there they're going to be right around the seven eight seeds right now uh, and Division Four in the Defiance District, uh, Convoy Crestview sits at the top, or sits close to the top there at eleven and one. Uh, Ayersville also there with Hilltop, Pettysville, Stryker, yep. Edgerton, Fayette, and Eden. Uh, so, you know that could be interesting if it comes down to Ayersville and Crestview. That rematch. could be a really really good yep. match up there. A rematch, as Kate just said, yep. uh, could be interesting uh, there. Division Four Otsego District, uh, Holgate. Gibsonburg, PH, some of the teams that are in there. Uh, just a note, uh, in the Division Two Miller City District, Brian will sit in that one. They have won every game by double digits this year, and uh, they made their first Final Four in school history last year. So uh, just looking to feed off of what they've been doing. Yep. Uh, and they've been playing that. They just pressure. They hound you. Uh, they're so deep. Uh, they have a good bench, and they can score off the bench as well. They're just a really complete team, Kate. And, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to that Liberty Center Brian matchup here in a couple yeah. of weeks. They're just so consistent, Phil. Is this consistency is really what I see. Like losing a couple girls from last year, but they've really picked off right where they left off last season. Just consistency is the key word for me when I think of Brian. Yeah, I, I agree. And they've been that way uh, for the last couple of years. They've just been kind of the epitome of the league. I think they've won three straight league titles. So yeah. looking for four this year and we'll see if Liberty Center can knock them off. They're going to have that game at home. Uh, so that'll be an interesting that'll be an interesting game as you look forward uh, to to see you know where the league stands because obviously Liberty Center Brian both going to have to play Patrick Henry at some point as yep. well. Uh, let's look ahead and see where those games are. Brian at Patrick Henry on Thursday. This Thursday, Liberty Center will be at Swanton this Thursday. Uh, Liberty Center will also be at Liberty Benton this weekend. That'll be a good matchup as Liberty Benton's girls team is pretty solid. And then on Thursday, February 1st, it'll be Brian at Liberty Center. So next Thursday night at the Jungle uh, will be the matchup of all matchups there. It'll be interesting to see uh, who comes out on that one. Um, There's going to be a lot of talent on the floor. It's going to be physical. It's going to be an absolute bruiser of a game, Kate. It's going to be a packed gym. It's really what it's going to be. I'm going to have to get in the 50-50, Phil. I was going to say that that the the 50-50 is going to be big. Uh, The crowd should be pretty big on hand. Again, that that game could potentially be for the league title. Obviously, Liberty Center still has to go uh, to play Patrick Henry again. I think that game is going to be um, at home 
<clears throat> as well, but as they played both of those teams on the road last year. So, yep. you know, Liberty Center gets a, a good draw being able to play both those games at <laughs> yeah. home towards the end of the season. So, <clears throat> all right, Kate. Uh, well, what do you say we uh, talk a little bit about girls' basketball? Do you like girls' basketball? What do you think? I do like girls' basketball. Weren't we just talking about girls' basketball? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's go to boys' basketball. I like boys' <clears throat> basketball. Um. You know, I think it's been kind of straightforward with what we've seen as far as uh, the boys' basketball uh, goes. Uh, Kate, I went first about teams that were surprised to me and players that were surprised to me for girls. So let's start with you on the boys' side of uh, things. Uh, maybe talk about a team that's kind of surprised you over the start of the year thus far, and maybe uh, maybe a player or two that's kind of surprised you this far of the season. So, so far i got a team. I know they started out pretty good, and what really surprised me is the Delta Panthers. They lost – Pretty much four starters from last season. They don't have very much depth, but they love the way they play their 2-3 zone, kind of a matchup style right there. And they just make it really tough for you to play against them because they just want to control the tempo of the game and just makes it very difficult. Said they're not very deep, but they got off to a really good start and a nice win over a Pettysville team that's playing really good right now. So they were kind of my surprise player so far. And then another team consistency, just Archibald. They've been consistent. They've been really, really good. I think Wasion kind of been a surprise for me so far. I wasn't sure how good they were going to be, but Coach Burt's got them playing really well, really well right now, Phil. Yeah, they're at seven and four, two and zero oh in the league. And then you mentioned Delta, who's sitting at eight and four overall in the league. Yeah. So they've played some pretty good basketball as well. They're coming off of a forty-five twenty-six win over Fayette and a forty-eight to thirty win over Bryan this past weekend. So they had a successful weekend, winning games the last last weekend as well. So mm -hmm. I think you mentioned that zone they play. It is kind of difficult for some teams to get going offensively with their momentum, and that's why you see thirty points allowed. I mean, that's. Mm -hmm. Very good defensively there. That's what you want if you're Delta. Um, any other surprises or maybe some teams that you're, are kind of figured doing what they're doing? I think obviously we both can agree on the likes of, you know, the OGs and yep. the Wayne Traces. I think we thought both of those teams were going to be uh, up in the upper echelon of the teams we covered. Antwerp, uh, that team is very, very good as well. I think they're sitting at 12 or 13 and one right now. Uh, you know, but that's going to be a, a battle this weekend. I believe that game's at Antwerp on Friday night. For the boys, it's at Wayne Trace. Yeah, at Wayne Trace on Friday night. Yep. Am I going to really go to Wayne Trace like uh, four again? times? Again, I know that's what I said. <laughs> so uh, that that one's going to be a good one. That could potentially be for the GMC title. Uh, I know Ayersville boys are sitting at six and six right yeah. now. Not not really where they wanted to be. I think at this point in the season, but I think that they have a chance to be able to get hot in the tournament. Maybe knock some team off if they get a chance as well. But uh, I guess if I had to pick a team that the record's not the best, but I think Brian Golden Bears. They play defense. They're not the most talented offensive team you'll see, but they've been in a lot of really close games. You just got to be able to finish them. You know, I think I think a team that's that's kind of surprised me, and I think. You know, you look at the late start, some of the adversity that they faced. Uh, you come off of a big win, first time you defeat Archibald in 20-40 years. Liberty Center is sitting at six and four right now. Yeah. Uh, they've played some good basketball, but you know what? The teams that they've lost to have a combined record of like 36 and six. Mm -hmm. So um, they're playing tough, tough teams. They play another tough schedule this week as they look to play. Uh, Perrysburg on Tuesday at Ooh. Perrysburg, and then they will play at home on Friday the 26th against Swanton, 
and then they'll be on the road at Pettysville on Saturday the 27th. So they have three pretty decent games. I mean, Pettysville, uh, the Keplemeyer kid is a really nice piece. Uh, Joey Ripke, uh, he averages, I think, like 14, 15 a game. He's a nice piece as well for Pettysville. They can score the basketball. They mm-hmm. like to run the floor, get up and down. So that Liberty Center-Pettysville game could be 100 miles an hour, 100% of the time. Uh, that one could get interesting, but – I think Liberty Center has played pretty well over this uh, over the start of the season thus far. I think Archibald's kind of been a little bit of a surprise too. I mean, I think I thought they were going to be good, but twelve and one overall. I mean, yeah. they have really, really dominated thus far this season. I think Liberty Center's depth kind of got them a little bit sped up, uh, maybe a little bit uncomfortable. I think that kind of led to maybe that lead. Uh, I think the game was closer than the score was, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kudos to Liberty Center. They've had a pretty good season so far. Uh, I think you kind of hit it a little bit there, but with Delta. But how about the Vikings yeah. of Evergreen mm-hmm. sitting at eleven and two right now, two and zero in the league? Uh, they're coming off of uh, a couple of really nice wins. They had a nice win over Patrick Henry, Henry last week, where Eli Kiefer scored thirty-seven, I believe, and then or thirty-seven or thirty-four, one and two. I can't. What did I tell you? Was it thirty-seven? Yeah. So Kiefer had 37, and then they played Pettysville the next night, and he had another 24. So yeah, uh, they are they're they're a good team. And then you talk about uh, Dunbar on the outside who mm-hmm. can provide that spark. I saw an alley oop dunk from him in the MLK Classic. So it it's been I mean they have been a really good team, and and they have uh, they have really come together this season, and they've put on they've put together a really really nice strand of 13 games thus far, Cade. Yeah, there is adding on to a more competitive NWAL now. I mean, they flew under the radar for me. It's my fault for not doing the research on them, but they are a very good basketball team, and I would not want to run into them in the tournament because they are big and they are fast. Yeah, and not only that, but they also have they have the like to say with your. They're fast and big. They have guys that are tall and big that can guard the perimeter, mm-hmm. which makes them double the challenge because if you have guys that can extend the perimeter and guard big big guys on the post, a little bit, you know, I talk about Gavin Galen a little bit. He's a six seven guy that can guard on the paint in the perimeter a little bit. Cade Brenner, who's a six six three six four guy who can guard on the perimeter. You know, it's it's hard to hard to go against these guys who can guard. Trey Parsons, six three, can guard on the perimeter from Wauseon. So. It, you know, if you have that length and you have the ability to guard, I think Landon Brewer, Brooks Lockoff, are both guys that are really, really good at that at that same exact thing. Colin White, another one, just really long, lengthy. You know, can get in passing lanes. You can guard the perimeter. When you got a guy that's six foot four, six foot five, six foot six out there guarding a point guard, that's special. And uh, it's really it really helps your defensive arsenal. And I think when you get to the deep into the tournament, you know, defense wins championship games, and you need those kind of things. You've also expand your defense out a little bit more. Now you can do a little bit more tricky things with zone. I like what Liberty Center does with with Galen, putting him on top of a one three one zone, trying to throw over all his length. So gives you a lot more options too on a half court. Yeah, I agree, and uh, you know I think we're seeing a lot of that this year from every team. We've seen a lot of defensive mix up mix ups. You know, the first game we saw with Wayne Trace at Liberty, there was about four defenses ran. You saw the one three one man to man. You see a full court one two two. Some mm-hmm. teams run the two one two, dropping back to a two three zone. Um, you know, you see a little bit of diamond and one type stuff. So there's so many mix-ups of these pressures that you can run and I think you're seeing a lot of these teams starting to run that full court pressure pretty much the entire game now and 
you know, it's something that Liberty does, Archibald does, OG does it, Wayne uh-huh. Trace will do it to you, and the good, good teams can speed you up and make you uncomfortable. And I think when, when you're playing these these teams like this too, it really gets you set up for what you're going to see in the tournament. Yep. You know, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you get OG, <coughs> Wayne Trace, or excuse me, OG, uh, Lima Senior this weekend, a game that they've played twice over the last couple of years. Uh, Lima Senior able to get the better of OG twice. Uh, this time it was kind of like Colin just said, no way. I think he had 29 points, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention the game-winning play, which, you know, you think everybody in the gym says, yeah, it's going to Colin, it's going to Colin, and then he just makes the best teammate play you possibly can. It hits a wide-open Grady Tomazos who, who cans it, and they find a way to win it 51-48 to in a really hostile, packed environment there at the Supreme Court. Yeah, it was awesome. That's probably the loudest I've heard a gym in a long time, Phil. And that's no disrespect to other ones, but I swear, Phil, it's like people in Ottawa Glendorf don't know anything else but basketball on Friday and Saturday night. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, and he, you know, Colin had that step back three. I think he was either at end the half or in the third quarter. In the half. Uh, in the half. And I think that kind of just really gave them a little bit of a boost. And he just said we weren't going to lose this game, fellas, and he made play after play, whether it was scoring the basketball, making the right pass, being involved in the play. He just continuously made play after play, being that team first guy that he is, and you saw it on display pretty much the entire night there on Saturday. Yeah, really interesting move, just real quick, Phil, by Lima Sr. Lima Sr. let Ottawa Glendorf run the last two minutes and 30 seconds off the second quarter. Then That's when that step-back buzzer beater came into play for Colin. Just sat there, held it, and – well, I'm a senior, let him do it. So, I mean, that's the momentum play you need, kind of a high-risk, high-reward type thing there because if you don't make the shot, then it gets a little bit of a different game. But now you go up by like five, halftime, so then it's a little bit of a different story. Well, you know, <coughs> I, you know, I think if, I, if I'm if i the coach there, if I'm Coach McLaughlin, I'm comfortable with whatever Colin does in that situation. <laughs> I think he's going to make the right play. So and that's basically what it came down to was him making the right play, and he did it all night. And, uh, you know, Kate, I – I was a little bit under the weather, and you went uh, went solo and did a great job once again. He has interviews with Colin White and Grady Tomazos, and uh, we'll play those for you right now. Now joining us here, Danzel Militia, victorious player out of the Glendorf, Colin White. Colin, first off, good win, but what does it mean to play in front of this community? Oh, it means everything. They, you know, they really showed out tonight. This place was loud, and... And, um, you know, it's a special place to play, especially here in the Supreme Court and against Lima Senior. You know, the fans are going to show off for us. You know, Colin, I just love your energy on the floor. I love that when other key players step up and hit big-time shots or take a, a charge or whatever, just how emotional you are. Have you always been that team player? I have been. You know, I, I always get excited. I'm a, I'm a team guy. I love to see my teammates succeed. And, you know, I see all the put, work they put in. They, they put it in with me. So to see them succeed, it's a... It's above everything else. You know, I, I just want to see them succeed. What does this win over Lightning Senior mean for you since this is the one team you really haven't beaten in your high school career yet? Uh, it means everything. You know, I have a, I'm a close relationship with, with Quincy and you know, all their players over there. And so uh, it's, it's a special to get a win against them. You know, it's really nice, and it's a big momentum booster for our season. Yep. Starting the second part of your year, you know, tournaments coming around really closely. What are some things you guys are going to have to do to improve on just to continue this momentum? You know, defensively, we know we like the effort we gave tonight. We got to keep continuously and and uh, continuously giving that effort on the defensive end, and then find a ways to score. You know, uh, when stuff's not going well, trying to get out of slumps, and you know, that's a big thing for us right now. Yeah, I feel like Grant Schroeder. You know, he didn't score a lot, but he took a big charge down there on the baseline mm-hmm. for you guys. It kind of got you guys the ball back, and then Brady Tomasa hit a big three. You know, 
just the excitement, energy plays like that make this place loud. This is probably the loudest one I've seen in a long time. Yeah. How big was that shot from Grady for confidence-wise? Oh, big time for him. You know, it's, to see that guy succeed, that's that's everything to us. You know, we, we we see the work he puts in. So to see that shot go down, I'm sure he was happy and, and we were happy too. So. Yeah, that definitely made this gym erupt. And, yeah. All right, Colin, I appreciate you taking some time. I'll see you again, I promise, and good luck next week. Thank you. Thanks, man. No problem. Now joining us here at the end zone militia, Grady Tamazas at the Ottawa Glendorf Titans. Grady, 13 points tonight, really kind of helped Colin out a little bit. Tell me, how big was that shot at the end of the, end of the game? Uh, it gave us huge confidence. Uh, you know, it's nice to get the pressure off Whitey once in, once in a while because, you know, he does. He's our workhorse, and there's a lot of pressure on him. Yep. Now, is this your first year playing varsity basketball? Uh, I was on the varsity team last year, but I didn't really play. That's yep. Well, I can barely tell, to be honest with you. You look like you fit in just perfectly with the good combination of guys you out here. Tell me, how big is that shot for you guys as a team, but for your confidence going forward? Uh, it's uh, everything. I mean, you know, winning a big game like this it gives us so much confidence uh, going into the other last part of the season. Uh, Coach said during this practice, we don't play our best basketball to start of the season. We finish out strong, so that gives us a bunch of hope and uh, gives us hope to finish out the ride. What's some things that you would like to see, just you individually and, and the team, just to improve moving forward to the second part of the season? I mean, I think our defense can step it up a little bit. We did pretty good tonight on Lima Senior, but uh, yeah, just defense, man, get up in there, stuff, and pressure them. Yeah, pressure them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do a really nice job on top of the two, that two-two-one press. You guys are just so good at rotating and just knowing where each other has to go at a certain spot. Tell me, is this something you kind of just grew up with watching Titan basketball? and just seeing all the press and then the community. Let's not mention that community was awesome tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, you come to every OG game as a kid. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, the community is, comes out in support every every night, and it's such a big help playing at home, against, especially against good teams like Wyoming Senior. All right, Grady, I want to thank you for taking some time with us, and good luck the rest of the year. I'll probably see you again. And remember, just keep helping Colin out, be a big player, stepping up, and just want to say I love your pull-up jump shot. Thank you. <laughs> And that was the players <clears throat> player interviews with the victorious OG Titans, Colin White and Grady Tomazos. Uh, Colin with the great extra pass there to Grady at the end. Uh, Grady able to sink the triple, uh, which really inevitably won them the basketball game. And again, you, you really just can't say enough about the unselfishness yep. of Colin. I mean, really, it's just, you know, he could have easily just been selfish and taken that shot. Um, not even a question in his mind. Yep. Was he going to make the wrong play? He made the exact right play. And I'll tell you what. We talked at the beginning of this year about this OG basketball team and where they were going to have to go in order to succeed. Grady Tomazos was one of those kids that was going to have to hit shots. Grant Schrader that was going to be have to want to want to be one of those kids that was going to have to play some good basketball. They've stepped up, and they are really really succeeding right now. Tomazos he played a good game against Liberty Center when they were mm -hmm. here a couple weeks ago. He's played a good last four or five games. If you were to ask Coach McLaughlin, I think he would praise how well he has played thus far. They needed some extra guys other than Caden and Colin and. They're getting it right now from GT. 
Yeah, there really couldn't have been a better time for it either, Phil. I mean, Caden Erford had four fouls the whole fourth quarter, so didn't really get to score that much or be aggressive on the offensive end. And what I love about the shot from Grady is he missed his last one. The last one he took before that one, and the second one he just stepped in confidently and just, I mean, he drilled it. I mean, there was about out of doubt in my mind when I saw him shoot the ball that wasn't going in. Yeah, you know, not to mention they got Alex Wagner, who's a guy that can just guard. He can hit some three-pointers as well. He's a good mm-hmm. shooter. And then Ross Mag, you know, and Ross Mag's had some really nice games over the last couple of weeks. And I think that's exactly what they've needed is some guys to step in and fill some roles and, and fill some big shoes of some guys that they're missing. I mean, Theo Mag was a really big piece for them last year. They're going to need some guys. And, you know, they're had some injuries to start the year. I think uh, – uh, one of their big guys to Dave Westrick. Yeah, Dave Westrick to start. He, uh, he is was injured, warming. So. He was warming up. So maybe he's getting ready to come back, and yep. that would uh, just really improve them even more. So they could just continue to to be deadly down the stretch. Uh, you know, we did mention uh, a little bit about the Archibald Liberty Center game. Archibald uh, comes to Liberty Center, and you know. Can't say enough about Cade Brunner. I mean, he just had a fantastic ball game. I think he had 19 in the first half. Uh, he had 13 of the team's first 14 points. Uh, just really just mixing it up. It was driving, floaters in the lane, getting to the free throw line, pull-up three-pointers. I mean, he just has a really nice arsenal of offensive moves, and mm-hmm. he's so lengthy at the rim, and he's tough to stop when he gets going downhill. He's pretty quick, athletic for a bigger guy, taller guy that he is. and He had a really nice game, but – uh, you know, Liberty Center finally made some three-point shots, and uh, I think that's a big thing that they've been missing this year. You know, you talk about Grady Miller and Cam Robinson, and guys that have had some good looks. Max Walker made a three-pointer. It was a bank shot, but it went in nevertheless. And, you know, they needed some guys to start making some shots, and I think you and Greg had kind of talked about that last time. We had talked with them, and that's something they really needed, and they got it against Archibald at the right time. Yeah, it just makes it makes Gavin Galen and Landon Cruz's job so much easier because those are really the two guys that kind of make the make it go for Liberty Center and the key players just got to step up. Very similar to Ottawa Glandorf, you know, you kind of got your two main guys and then your role players got to step up and hit some shots. Yeah, you know what I want to talk about too. I was like, I take a drink there. Sorry, uh, you know, I want to talk about too is, you know, at a certain point in time, they had Gavin and Landon off the floor because of four fouls. And Liberty Center did a great job. Blake Garber, in my opinion, was the sneaky MVP, in my opinion. I think he played a great game defensively. He forced, I think, a five-second call, a couple of turnovers. Uh, when Landon Cruz was able to go or was unable to play due to some foul trouble, mm-hmm. Blake Garber came in, did a nice job, ran the offense, didn't turn the ball over, was calm, cool, collective, played really nice defensively, made a couple of nice extra passes offensively that led to buckets. He played a great game off the bench. And again, Max Walker with his defense just, I mean, he really has stepped up over the last couple of weeks. I think he's had some good games defensively. I I mentioned it when they played against OG. I thought he had a really nice game. And I texted Greg after the game. On Friday, I said, if you had to describe the way your kids played tonight in one word, what would it be? And he said, together. And I think that was so perfect. Uh, you know, they just been through so much adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you 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 lose some guys. Uh, you know, you talk about some guys that didn't play. Uh, you know, some guys that uh, decided to leave the team. And, you know, there's just been a lot of turmoil with this team over the first, you know, some weeks. They've had injuries. Trent Cruz was hurt. You know, Ian Gurney's been hurt. He was on crutches. He's finally getting back healthy. You know, Landon Cruz had a nagging wrist injury from football and just so many things. And there was just a lot of contribution. 
a lot of kids on the bench. He said the effort was just absolutely amazing, and Grady gave a lot of momentum buckets that they really, really needed down the stretch. At one point in time, I think he had two and ones, one on a putback, one on just a man-to-man physical drive. And Grady Miller's a physical kid at 6'3". He's strong. I mean, he is a linebacker that can play DB, who can play point guard. He's just he's a really good asset to have on the court, and he really shined. He had 14 points. Robinson with 15. Cruz 11, Galen with 9 and 12 boards. He was all over the place. I mean, they are finally starting to click playing some good brand of basketball, and they have a tough schedule coming up. Like you yep. said, you play Perrysburg uh, and, and some other good teams there. They have three games this week, finally getting in the swing of things, getting their basketball legs under them. That is a fantastic win for the Liberty Center Tigers over Archibald. Yeah, Phil, and I think even their early season schedule with Wayne Trace, Napoleon, some of those games also help build up to the, a momentum win like this. Yeah, so that <clears throat> was me. the 14th. They had four losses. Napoleon is one, and they're, I think, at either 9-3 and three or 10-3, and three, one of the two. OG was a loss. They're 13-2, and 12-2. Yeah, Wayne Trace. Wayne too. Trace is 12-2. So there's 36 wins right there and, six, and, and four losses. Who was mm-hmm. their other loss to? Wasion. Yep, Wasion's 8-4. Yep. So ta- tally them up. What what is O? Let, let's find out what is OG's rate. You what are you looking up right now? OG's record. You're looking up OG's record. All right, I'll get. Pretty sure Napoleon is ten and three. I'll tell you right now. Oh come o- on, Phil. OG is twelve and two. Okay, so L- OG is twelve and two. So you got that one written down. Napoleon is. Oh, let's see here. Oh, I got the wrong one. Sorry. Oh, Wayne failing. Tr- Wayne Trace is 12 and 2. Boys? Yep. OG's 12 and 2. Wayne Trace is 12 and 2. Oh, Napoleon is. Come on. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. Yep. Beat me by two seconds. And then Wasion is eight and four. So ten and two, twelve and two, twelve and two, eight and four. Ten losses. How many wins? You the stats guy. Yeah, I know. Forty two. So forty two and ten combined opponent record mm-hmm. for Liberty Center. So obviously playing a good good strength of schedule there as well. So um, you know, I think moving forward, uh, you're going to start seeing some of these league games coming to fruition. I, th- uh, you know, I think Liberty Center Swan could be interesting. Charlie Wood, the 6'10 mm. forward, uh, really presents some matchup issues, even though Liberty Center does have some good height on the floor. Um, for the most part, everywhere, I think pretty tall, uh, you know, Evergreen, Patrick Henry starting to figure some things out, I yep. think on the basketball floor as well. So those games will be interesting down the stretch. I think you look at some of those GMC games, Antwerp, Ayersville, Antwerp, Antwerp, Wayne Trace. Um, You know, Tenora's starting to, I think, figure some things out as well. They're starting to play some better basketball. They got a nice win on Saturday. Uh, Who did they beat? Stryker. Stryker on Saturday. So that's a good confidence win for them. Mm-hmm. Striker out of the BBC. Yep. Uh, I remember playing those guys in high school. That that we played striker when I was in high school, and that was always an interesting game. They were always scrappy, scrappy team. Did they have the roofer kid when you were in high school, Phil? 
Which one? Parker Roofer. No, Hayden Dorman was the Hayden Dorman. Hey, yeah, was the the big name when we played him. He was good. He was good. And there was another one too, Taylor something. Maybe. Can't. He was a bigger guy too. I bigger had to guard guy. Him. Yeah, I had to guard him. Can't remember what his name is. He was a nice little player too. Hmm. We beat them my junior year for our first win of the season. Hmm. Yeah. My senior year, we lost to them at home, though. But that was the second year they had that new gym. You know, they played on the – Oh, yeah. They played on the stage. Yeah. You know, you go dive for a ball, you yeah. land on the stage. That was always interesting. I think Douglas Jefferson still has it. My brother played correctly. on that. I never got to play on the stage because they used to do the Edge League over there. I don't know if you're ever familiar with the Edge uh-huh. League. But, yeah, Coach Joe Good. Joe Shout Good. out to Coach huh. Joe Good. He helps out over at Napoleon now, does girls' basketball stuff, too. Yeah, he uh, – he used to run the Edge League over there in Striker. They would have the two gyms when I was in high school. Like That's I said, going cool. to Lee High School, they'd have the two gyms, a new gym. They would have run games on the stage. And I played with kids that were from Striker, Archibald, Napoleon. I mean, they were everywhere. It was just a, you know, you come in from any area and you sign up. He put you on a team and play the games according to the schedule. It was always a always a fun time. I actually didn't. When, cool. when I didn't play, I refed. So. Really? Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> just anything to be around the game. You know what I mean? It, you know what it is. It's important you know to stay it involved. You just, love, it really you just is. want to be around the game. I mean, yep. You, you, you love something. You want, you love doing it. You just want to be around it. So I remember a couple of weeks ago, what was I uh, came up here and then had to go uh, referee girls basketball. I refereed three fifth grade girls basketball games. Had a great time with that. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Anything to be around the game. It's important to stay involved for sure. I like to give back like that anyway. You know, you want to give back any way you can. And it's a must. Got to. Um, let's talk a little bit about the boys tournament stuff going forward. Obviously we won't know, you know, standings or, uh, anything like that, but the Liberty Benton district and boys, Napoleon is in that district. I didn't get a whole lot of teams that were in that. Uh, but again, they're sitting at 10 and two, the division three Napoleon district Archibald is sitting at, um, the top seed right now. Evergreen is also in that brat and that, uh, District along with Paulding, Liberty Center, Ottawa Hills, Delta, Fairview, Eastwood, Otsego, Swanton, Hicksville, and Tenora. So that one's an interesting Napoleon district. Is Archibald, I think, probably the favorite there. But, man, Ottawa Hills is a scrappy team. Evergreen is a scrappy team. You know, Paulding, if they can find a way to hit some of those threes that they missed against Liberty Center, they're going to be right in the mix of things. Fairview even is a a team that can give you a battle night in and night out. We talked about Delta. Eastwood always finds a way to be tough as well. So that is a really competitive Napoleon district in Division III, Kate. It's really interesting, a team that's not in there from last year. Emmanuel Christian? Yep, Emmanuel Christian. So that neither was Wayne Trace. Wayne Trace must have went a different direction. Yeah, then. can you can you find out what d- district they're in? Maybe on OHSAA. So I'm not really sure how you find it that this early, but I will look for you, Phil. You know what? It might be. I've heard many stories about which people are thinking, but I actually have no clue if they're actually true or not. Let's go with Division Two in the Lake District. Uh, Wasion, Brian, Toledo Scott, Toledo Central Catholic, BG. Mm. So a tough Division Two Lake District. The Division Four Defiance District. There's Pettysville. Uh, leading that is, Ma- dude, Cade. What? This is going to be a heck 
of a defiance district. You got Maumee Valley Country Day, Toledo Christian, Antwerp, Pettysville, Patrick Henry, Ayersville, Stryker, North Central, Holgate, Hilltop, Eden, Fayette, Edgerton, and Montpelier. 14 teams in that one. So That's the Defiance region? That's the Defiance, Defiance district, district, yes. Hmm. That one's going to be interesting, too. We're going to have to see if we can find is Crestview the... Auto, is that still the Elida district? Well, that's what I'm saying. We're yeah. going to have to figure out where yeah. the where the district is for... Uh, um, let's look. Basketball tournament districts. We will definitely get that worked out for you guys, but... You know, uh, Kate, uh, any uh, games coming forward this weekend that catch our mind? Obviously, we are going to have uh, a big one coming up uh, in, the, in the ranks of the GMC as Antwerp will be taking on Wayne Trace on the road at the Raiders in what should be a very big, colossal matchup, Cade. Uh, I mean, it is going to be really, really interesting. Those two teams, really, really good. Uh, Landon Brewer, Car uh, Carson Altimus. Mm -hmm. Then you got Kyle, our Brooks Lockup and Kyle Stoller. Uh, it's going to be an interesting ball game for that one. And both either one of those teams, I really think, could come out on top of that one. Yeah, this might come down to maybe a last-second shot. We will see. I'm really excited for this one, but me being a Tenora guy, I'm excited for the ayersville Tenora rivalry on Friday night also at Ayersville. Doesn't matter what the records are, you can pretty much just throw it out the throw it out the window, Phil. Yeah, I mean, I I agree 100. percent I just think you just you know you can throw in games like this, you can definitely throw records out the window. It's not uh, it's not anything that you can really draw up on paper. I mean, you can scout, you can you know you can do anything of the sort like that, but it's just something that you really just got to throw out and you know you got to play the game and. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what – I think I got him right here. It's going to be an interesting test for Wayne Trace because Wayne Trace took a pretty hard loss to, to Burrow and Highland. So, let's see how they respond on Friday night against the Archers. Yeah, they're – and you know what, that's a that's a tough team. You know, Burrow and Highland is one mm -hmm. of those teams that can that can really get you off balance, and they're, uh, they're a good quality team. I, I thought I had it here. Let's see here. Oh, I'm get. Oh yeah, see, we're you, getting her. We're you getting found her. It. Yep, I sure did find it. I know stuff. Knowing stuff is good. Can you? Yeah, but I, you know, I keep getting these. So this is at the fifty-two teams in the district. Crestview, Kirtland, what is this, Division Three? Liberty, Lakeview, Lutheran East. That is not what I – Lutheran East? That was in the Southeast District. Oh, okay. I was looking at the wrong, the wrong district. Oh, of course, these don't have – oh, of course – there we go. It is going to be um, the District 2 or the Division 2. Uh, let's see. The districts are going to be at Liberty Benton High School, BG, Bryan, Central Catholic, Clyde, Maumee, Port Clinton, Rogers, Rossford, Scott, Wassion, and Woodward. 
Um, in the Liberty Benton district, it is Lima Bath. Lima Bath. Salina, Defiance, Alida, Fostoria, Kenton, Napoleon, Lima Shawnee, St. Mary's, Upper Sandusky, and Van Wert, which Brian actually just beat Van Wert on Saturday. That's a yep. good win for the Golden Bears. Mm-hmm. They needed a big win after having a couple of tough losses. Yep, for sure. Uh, let's look at the Napoleon District. We already went over that one. How about the Lima Senior District? Uh, which will be played at Lima Senior High School. The districts there. That'll be okay. Allen East. Oh, geez, in that one then. Bluffton, okay. Cary, Coldwater, Columbus Grove, Elmwood, Liberty Benton, Ottawa Glandorf, Riverdale, Spencerville, Jeez. Van Buren, and Wayne Trace. They did go to the, the direction. 12 seed. They did go. The 12 seeded district tournament. So there will not be. A trip to state on the line in this Wayne Trace OG matchup. It would have to be decided in, in the district, district tournament. So is Bluffton in there too? Bluffton is in there as well. Allen East, Bluffton, Cary, Coldwater. Gosh. Some tough teams there, bud. Yeah. Uh, who we went who over, do you play in that one? That's my yeah, question. Yeah. We went over the Defiance District. Let's look at the uh, in the Division Four Elida District. Continental, Corey Rawson, Convoy Crestview, Delphus Jefferson, Delphus St. John's, Fort Jennings, Kaleida, Lipsick, Lincolnview, Miller City, Ottaville, Pandora, Gilboa, and Parkway. On that one, uh, yeah, that's uh, excuse me, that's pretty much all the ones for us. Uh, and the Central Catholic. Division One District, Anthony Wayne, Bowser, Lima Senior, Northview, Southview, Waite, Wapak, and Whitmer. There's 20 teams in that one. Perrysburg. So that's all. There's only one Division One district. And that's at Central Catholic High School. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. 20 teams in that. Interesting. Didn't know that. So yeah, those are your breakdowns on uh, what we're gonna see for the tournament. Uh, obviously, the seedings will be. Uh, Determined here in the next uh, – should be – I mean, it won't be too long. Next right? couple weeks probably. Say, it can't be too long. Let's check and see when the tournament draw is. You know the girls is coming up really soon too. Yeah, the girls tournament – the girls uh, sectional tournament is February 19th to the 24th. Uh, the boys districts – or excuse me, the boys – Sectional tournament will be February 27th through March 24th. Uh, the district finals will take place on Saturday. Uh, the tournament draw is February 11th. Yep, so a just in a couple away. weeks coming yep. up here. So uh, that's pretty much what we got for you here tonight. Uh, a lot of basketball action coming up, like we said. Uh, a lot of good games on the horizon. Definitely uh, Friday night we're going to be checking out. Uh, I know OG is going to play Berlin uh, Highland on Saturday, which should be mm-hmm. a good one. As we just mentioned, they beat uh, a very, very good Wayne Trace team by 30 the other night. So uh, a lot of good games coming up on action. I uh, want to say thank you to our sponsors. Uh, <laughs> the Tiger Den Dairy Bar with the Duke Snyder and family. Uh, get a, uh, a a Duke burger. I think they reopen in February sometime, so that should be coming up right around the corner as well. They'll be reopened for us uh, for all you guys. Uh, 
Uh, KK Collision with Kyle Kern, a leader in the towing industry for many, many years here in Northwest Ohio, located right here in Liberty Center, Ohio. Uh, three chords, sign it, sew it, screen it, pin it. Big shout out to those guys who got our awards done today. A uh, big thank you to Shane Hollenbaugh and crew out there. They have locations in BG, Napoleon, and Archbold. Chambers Control with Kirk Chambers, solar panel technology stuff that will give me headaches for days. Uh, it's just so many headaches. Uh, they're looking to go global, and they're looking to go, excuse me, not global, they're looking to go uh, statewide and countrywide with all of their proje uh, projects and exciting things happening there. Swanton Welding with Norm Zider and crew uh, over there in Swanton, Ohio. Uh, Swanton Manu or, excuse me, Welding Manufacturing for since 1956, helping out athletes for about 147 years. Oh, who am I missing here? Uh, knock it out drywall, AB Perfectionist Painting. Give <clears throat> you can call Austin Purdue and the guys at 419-906-1627. Uh, his drywall guys can come knock some stuff around for you and uh, rebuild it back up, and then his painters can come paint it for you uh, nice and easy. It's quality painting made easy. Dorian Hooker's Pro Day, uh, Pro Day Performance Training with Jordan Purdue, Dorian Hooker, and Barbie Munn. Uh, great things going on out there. I've actually started going on, going out there every week, so uh, it's been nice getting back into the swing of things. Great atmosphere. Uh, JB keeps everybody honest out there, so uh, love the atmosphere he provides. It's fun, uh, but you're definitely there to get some work done. Uh, let's see here. Anybody else? Did I miss anybody? Josh Meyer. Martin, our unsung hero, Mr. Field Goal himself. Meyer Badenhop Insurance. And Meyer Badenhop Insurance, servicing the people of Northwest Ohio since 1933 for all your insurance needs. Uh, Kay, do you have anything else for us? Nope, just excited for some basketball this weekend. I mean, even some girls' games on Tuesday and Thursday, just going to be fun. So get out there and check them out. A lot of games on Monday as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, check out anything you want to go check out. And uh, give us a like, share on Facebook and all our social media sites. And uh, uh, as always, uh, keep tuning into us and uh, let us know uh, – let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you want to be a special guest, we could always use a special guest to come in and talk some basketball with Kate and I and uh, have some fun. We'll get some uh, awards delivered out this week, maybe next week. Uh, uh, I know we have some special things on the horizon for our award handouts as well, uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, for my uh, co-chairman, Captain Cade Man, the bell is strong. The bell is always going to be strong. And uh, we might have to delay once again for next Sunday because it is NFC title game and my Lions are on deck, baby. Let's go, Lions. And uh, for your chairman, I am the snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. And this is the End Zone Militia. <laughs>